um, every person matters, whether it's Taiwan or otherwise, and I, and I think it's really important for member states to find a solution to that. Hello and welcome to Perspectives with Nilo, a regular podcast that brings you news and views from around the world. I'm your host, Nilo Sullivan. You can find all our past episodes on our blog site at pwnilo.com or by searching for Perspectives with Nilo on your favorite podcast app. And we'd really appreciate a like or a follow if you enjoy our content. In this episode, we're looking at the background to Taiwan's latest bid for United Nations membership and the request for meaningful participation in the UN's Sustainable Development Goals. This is not the first time Taiwan has bid for membership at the UN. However, as China's power and influence have grown over the past decades, it has worked insidiously to isolate Taiwan and create a false narrative at the UN, leaving the Taiwanese people feeling like they have no other choice but to succumb to annexation by the Chinese Communist Party. Stay with us as we explore the background and examine recent events in this episode of Perspectives with Nilo. The United Nations holds its 78th General Assembly in New York on the week of September 18th under the theme of Rebuilding Trust and Reigniting Global Solidarity. According to its website, some of the key purposes of the United Nations as set forth in its charter are to maintain international peace and security and to develop friendly relations among nations based on respect for the principle of equal rights and self-determination of peoples. It might surprise listeners to know then that areas of the world still exist where populations face the threat of forced military aggression should they exercise their right to self-determination, and where calls for UN recognition of their statehood have fallen on deaf ears. One such country is Taiwan, who will again this year bid for a seat at the United Nations table. Taiwan, also known as the Republic of China, is situated in the West Pacific, between Japan and the Philippines. It's less than half the size of Ireland and has a population of over 23 million people. Taiwan has its own passport, currency and military. It has its own constitution, judicial system, as well as a multi-party system of government with democratically elected leaders. In fact, it consistently ranks in the top 15 of the world's democracies and has been frequently described as Asia's shining beacon of democracy. So, why is Taiwan not recognized by the UN? In 1971, the UN passed Resolution 2758, which recognized the People's Republic of China, or PRC, as the only legitimate representatives of China to the United Nations, and removed the representatives of Chiang Kai-shek, or the Republic of China, who had withdrawn to Taiwan following the civil war in 1949. This left Taiwan's status at the UN undetermined. In an article on this topic from March 2022 entitled The Distortion of UN Resolution 2758 and Limits on Taiwan's Access to the United Nations, written by Jessica Drun and Bonnie Glasser of the Asia Programme at the German Marshall Fund of the United States, they say that in passing the resolution in 1971, the countries solely intended to grant the seat occupied by the Republic of China in the General Assembly and the Security Council to the PRC. This is reflected in the official historic record and meeting minutes, as well as in the resolutions raised at the time for the General Assembly's consideration. This sentiment is also echoed in a recent opinion piece in the Financial Review by Taiwan's Foreign Minister Joseph Wu, who wrote that 
This resolution neither states that Taiwan is a part of the PRC nor gives the PRC the right to represent the people of Taiwan in the UN and its specialized agencies. In fact, the resolution only determines who represents the member state, China. While the PRC understood this back in 1971, they accepted that the resolution did not contain the Taiwan conclusions they might have wanted and did not reject it. As the GMF article points out, given that Beijing did not enjoy the same level of international influence then as it does today, it did not reject the resolution when it passed. Instead, PRC officials assumed the China seat and only later began to leverage their position to promote Beijing's stance on Taiwan at the UN level. In the intervening years, the PRC have ramped up their efforts to distort the meaning of UN Resolution 2758 and conflate it with their so-called One China Principle. In fact, a recent statement from a PRC government spokesperson on Twitter demonstrates that point very clearly. They said, and I quote, Taiwan has no basis, reason or right to join the UN or any other international organization whose membership requires statehood. UNGA Resolution 2758 shall not be challenged and nothing could shake the One China Principle. End quote. According to sources, the PRC has pursued multiple avenues to suppress and hinder recognition of Taiwan, including secret agreements with UN bodies, including the World Health Organization. For example, despite the immense international support for Taiwan after the outbreak of the COVID-19 pandemic, the WHA would not invite Taiwan as a guest. The PRC has also been accused of withholding UN accreditation from NGOs and civil society groups that do not refer to Taiwan as being part of the PRC, as well as falsely claiming that the One China Principle is universally accepted. Feel free to check out our previous blog on the One China Consensus for more on that topic. Beijing would also appear to have convinced the UN that only Taiwanese who hold the cross-strait permit that is issued by the People's Republic of China can enter UN buildings. This prohibition on the use of Taiwanese passports to enter UN buildings came into effect after the 2016 election of President Tsai Ing-wen, who the Chinese Communist Party view as an enemy. Prior to that, Taiwan had participated in some UN functions after 1971. This question on the prohibition of the use of Taiwan passports to enter UN buildings was put to Stefan Dujaric, spokesman for the UN Secretary-General by RTE journalist Yvonne Murray, at the daily UN press briefing back on March 27th of this year. Um, Secretary-General is, is clearly seen as a champion of democratic values. Uh, given that the uh, president of Taiwan, Tsai Ing-wen, is in the U.S. this week, will come to New York later in the week, and is the, the leader of what's considered Asia's leading democracy, does the Secretary-General have any message for her? The, the Secretary-General's uh, position on China is guided uh, by the relevant General Assembly resolution on the One China policy. But, sorry, I'm not asking about China. No, no, I, I understand, Taiwan, and that's, and that's, the, answer, and that's the answer. Value. That's the answer to your okay, question. Okay, one other question then. Um, no message for for President Tsai Ing-wen, but what about the Taiwanese citizens, the passport holders who are not even allowed into this building to take a tour? Does the Secretary General have anything to say to that? The, the the policy of the UN is that uh, the premises of UN headquarters are open to people with identifications uh, of member states of this of the UN.
At the same press briefing, there was a follow-up question by Al Jazeera journalist James Bayes. Yes, sorry, I, I want to just pick up on Yvonne's questions about Taiwan, because it's several years since I asked you about Taiwan um, uh, citizens coming into this building, and you seem to have clarified the position a little bit more than last yeah. time you were going to seek clarification for me. So l let me just dig a bit further. Um, Taiwan citizens used to be allowed into this building, and they're not allowed now. How did that change? I, I don't know when, or when that happened. What I can tell you is that, as far as I know, is that to come into this building, you need to show a government-issued ID from a member state of the United Nations. And what's the authority for that? Was that a GA resolution? I, or, I don't know. Or is it just a decision of the Secretary-General? Let, let me, let me um, If you could try and yeah, find yeah. out, because yeah. uh, also Kosovo passports. There are Kosovo passport holders, including senior Kosovo officials, who brief the Security Council. They're not mem members of the United Nations. How are they allowed to have But they've come uh, also on the fact that it is an issue that's before the Security Council. But these, I mean, let, let, seems let to me, me check, I mean, yeah. it seems to me all of these people are citizens of the world. World, yeah. And I wouldn't have thought that the Secretary General is someone who wants to, 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 to I, I practice think, discrimination. I, I, no, I, I, and I don't think this policy, uh, I think this policy has been in, in, in place for quite some number of years. But I will get back to you, and if I've misspoken, Farhan will be here tomorrow. It's interesting, at this particular briefing in March, that the Chinese state media journalist present also felt the need to weigh in on this topic. Uh, Deji and then uh, Ibtissam and then we'll go to Abdul Hamid. Uh, I have a couple of other questions. Um, so when we're talking about Taiwan, we're talking about China, right? Uh, is that a question or a statement? No, I, I'm, I'm just, just saying because when, uh, uh, when they ask you about, when Yvonne asks you the question on Taiwan, you, you talk about the China policy. Uh, what, what is your question, Deji? Uh, for UN, Taiwan is part of China or not? Our position on China is guided by the General Assembly resolution passed in 72-73 on the One China policy. Okay, um, so I'll give you a simple question. Uh, when we talk, we're, we're talking about when we're talking about the three pillars of United Nations. What are the three pillars? Is this a quiz? It's, it's, it, I mean, what's, you, what's that? What's you, that? You, if you don't, yeah. you've been covering it's the UN for a long time. You have an SDG pin here. Yeah. I can ask you what the seventeen goals are. Oh God, I know uh, the six. Okay, <laughs> okay. So, um, so they are human what, what rights, peace, and security and development. Yeah. There's no democracy. Do you want to add democracy in that? Deji, we're not going to rewrite uh, the UN uh, the UN Charter. Uh, I think the issue of self-determination and democracy are very important to the UN's work. And finally, in this press conference, a question from journalist Celia de Laveren. Some years ago, we tried, the journalists, we tried to have journalists from Taiwan here in that building, and we could not because China said no. Uh, uh, what is, what is, I mean, you're making a statement, is, we're here to no, ask questions, so I, what no, is your I question? Want, I want to know, is China running, uh, running the UN? I think this is one of the most ridiculous questions no, I've heard today. Okay. Um, it's quite remarkable that a simple question about access to UN buildings by Taiwan passport holders can be so difficult to answer. But it didn't stop there. On the morning of September 15th last, at a press conference 
to kick off the Sustainable Development Summit for UNGA 78, the Deputy Secretary-General of the UN, Amina J. Mohammed, was asked by journalist Jimmy Quinn of the National Review whether Taiwan's exclusion from the UN holds back the world's pursuit of its sustainable development goals, given that Taiwanese passport holders are barred from accessing UN buildings. Here's how it went. Hi there, uh, Jimmy Quinn with National Review. Thanks for the briefing. Um, so the Taiwanese government has said that they want to participate in implementing uh, sustainable development goals. Uh, Taiwanese nationals and passport holders and journalists aren't currently allowed onto UN premises. Um, Madam uh, DSG, do you believe that Taiwan's exclusion from the UN under the current guidelines uh, hold back implementation of the 2030 goals? I think exclusion of anyone holds back the goals. We said leave no one behind, and I think member states have to find a way to make sure that we are not in that position where we're excluding people. Um, every person matters, whether it's Taiwan or otherwise, and I, and I think it's really important for member states to find a solution to that. This was quite an encouraging and refreshing response, as UN officials rarely voice opinions that could be construed as supporting Taiwan for fear of upsetting the Chinese Communist Party. And unsurprisingly, it caught other journalists' attention. Later that same day, at the daily press briefing, the comments by Deputy Secretary-General Mohammed reignited the question of UN building access for Taiwan passport holders. Deputy spokesperson for the Secretary-General, Farhan Haq, was asked about this by journalist James Bays. Uh, the Deputy Secretary-General was asked about the SDGs and Taiwan, and Taiwan being left out of the SDGs. She said, we said, leave no one behind, and member states have to find a way to make sure that we're in a position we're not excluding people. Every person matters, whether it's Taiwan or otherwise. Um, does this apply to other issues with regard to Taiwan? For example, simple example, coming into this building where there is I know there's a GA resolution, but it doesn't specifically talk about entry to this building. That's an interpretation of the UN Security Department. Um, you're excluding Taiwanese by not letting them into UN headquarters. Is that something where we have to find a way to make sure that we're not in a position of excluding people? Uh as, as you know, uh, in accordance with the General Assembly Resolution of 1971, we uh, uphold the One China policy. And, and so all of our efforts on, in this are, are, uh, uh, are taken within uh, respect for that resolution. Hang on, but that seems to be, this seems to contradict not leaving anyone behind. And, and, and the Deputy Secretary General was very clear in her comments. Uh, we're, we, we don't intend to leave any of the people of China behind, and we support all of the people of China. Including we, the but, people of Taiwan. But, but we stick by the One China policy as... Uh, well, as, if it's a One China policy, why can't... been decided uh, by yes, the General Assembly. Yes, I understand. Assembly. I understand. It's a One China policy. Well, the pe even, even the People's mm -hmm. Republic of China believe that those Taiwanese people are part of a One China. Why can't they come into this building? They're, they're holding the wrong path. The, uh, we, we, accept, we accept passports... <laughs> Your your Chinese colleague has, has answered for you, but but no, but, uh, but, uh, uh, but uh, the passports uh, that are accepted into none the building of that are those none of, of that the entry to the building is specified in the resolution. It's just your interpretation of the resolution, and you are excluding those people from access to United Nations headquarters. Yes, and as you've said, it, it it's in accordance with our interpretation of a General Assembly resolution. 
As you can hear from the response, the Deputy Spokesperson for the Secretary-General is, on behalf of the UN, interpreting Resolution 2758 in a manner that excludes Taiwan, and which many experts and analysts believe is a distortion to serve China's political agenda. What's even more surprising here is how Spokesperson Hack, in answering James Bay's rebuttal, says, Your Chinese colleague has answered for you referring to a member of China State Media in the audience whom you can hear speaking in the background. One would at a minimum expect UN representatives to remain impartial when discussing such sensitive issues. And so it is against this background that Taiwan makes its bid for a seat at the UN table at the 78th General Assembly. Taiwan's Deputy Foreign Affairs Minister Tian Chongkwang was quoted recently in the Taipei Times as saying that it's an uphill battle, but he is cautiously optimistic about the current bid as the whole world has come to understand the importance of security in the Taiwan Strait and how to curb the unreasonable provocations of authoritarian nations. In addition, he said that the UN should take measures to maintain peace, stability and security in the Taiwan Strait and the Asia-Pacific region a plea that should be taken very seriously, as China has recently ramped up its military activities around Taiwan. In the last week alone, it has sent the largest number of warships into the waters around Taiwan, as well as violating Taiwan's air defense identification zone with over 160 planes and drones. Analysts have commented that the CCP are signaling a choice between, quote, peaceful reunification, end quote, or military violence, as Taiwan's presidential election approaches in January. Taiwan's foreign minister has called these manoeuvres by the CCP destructive military activities, and they certainly don't appear to show much respect for the UN Charter as regards maintaining international peace and security and respecting the principle of equal rights and self-determination. To make its appeals heard at the UN, Taiwan has asked its diplomatic allies to speak up for the nation during the general debate and asked their ambassadors to the UN to send a joint letter to UN Secretary-General Antonio Guterres calling for the inclusion of Taiwan. We certainly hope that Taiwan's plight will strike a chord with all freedom-loving nations of the world, especially those who have had to fight for their freedom and independence. As Ireland recently celebrated the centenary of the recognition of its statehood by the League of Nations, we sincerely hope all Irish government representatives at the UNGA 78 will hold true to the country's ideals and resolutely support Taiwan's bid for a seat at the United Nations table, so that just like Ireland, they too can be on an equal footing with all. Well, that's about it on this episode of Perspectives with Nilo. There are many aspects to this important topic, much more than we can touch on here. So if you'd like to dive deeper, we've included a list of references and links on our blog site at pwnilo.com. Perspectives with Nilo is also available on Spotify, SoundCloud and all the usual podcast outlets. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And that's where we say goodbye for now. Until the next time, thank you for listening. Slánagas banacht.